afternoon from a sunny Johannesburg. My name is Daniel Robus, and I'm the proud host of the Tech Central podcast. Today, sponsored by Ava Security, all the way from the UK, and Ricky and Gavin at Vumacam in South Africa. Thank you for giving me some time, gents. It's really nice to enjoy an afternoon discussion with you guys, especially about a topic that I know very little about being security and video surveillance. Sam from the UK, thank you for a great evening's entertainment last night. It was lovely to watch Liverpool make the road longer and also to see crowds of people at a game. Us in South Africa are going into our third wave and we're just feeling for people who are under COVID, COVID duress and all that comes along with that. How have you felt the last couple of years with COVID coming through and how's it affected Ava security from a perspective of customers and what their needs are? Yeah, hi, Dan. Thanks for having me on the program. I'm absolutely to reinforce what you're saying about the difficulties that people are having in COVID around the world. In here in the UK, you know, we're starting to unlock a little bit. And as you see, you're starting to see people in stadiums and starting to be able to meet up with friends again. But there's absolutely always that fear about what can come next in the next wave. And um, for us at Ava Security, you know, we're lucky that we've been able to continue operations. You know, we've worked now as a virtual team for the last year. We've not been in the office for the last year, um, but we've been able to work together really well still. We've been able to work with our partners, obviously, through calls like this and other ways of interacting and still being able to communicate with our customers and put across the message that we have and the products that we have. And, you know, obviously, even in COVID times, you know, security is still a, a massive topic. And, you know, we think we've got some products that can really help our customers out in these times, as well as hopefully, you know, when we get back to some sort of normality. Awesome. If you could give us an intro to Ava Security for us in South Africa who have never heard of it, could you give us a one minute intro to who you are and what your type of culture is? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll start myself. So my name is Sam Lancia. So I'm one of the co-founders of Ava Video. I'm a software engineer by background, but I run the engineering team. I'm head of our engineering team. So we're an entirely privately funded um, security company. We've been going for four or five years now, I think. Um, and we have two key um, divisions, two departments that we run. We have a video surveillance product, which is what I'm responsible for. Um, and we also have a cybersecurity product. So you know, we're a security company and we think we've got you know, some amazing new innovations, both in the cybersecurity side and in the video surveillance side that, um, that we're gonna obviously talk about mostly today. And I think it's really important. It's actually quite an interesting story. So the company actually started off as two different companies, the cybersecurity side and the video side both with the same investors and we knew each other very well these these two companies sister companies we call them we very quickly realized actually that the overlap between the physical security world and the cybersecurity world was so significant actually we brought both those companies together we renamed ourselves to ava last year and now we bring both those products together in one vision i could be wrong but i read quite recently that security is still the fastest growing cyber division out there because of the prevalence of attacks and the exposure and just how IT rich we are today. I want to move over to our other guests quickly for an intro, Ricky and Gavin from Vumacam. Ricky, welcome. Ricky being the CEO, I'm going to give you first dibs at chatting and doing an introduction for Vumacam. What do you guys do on a day-to-day -day basis? Good, Dan. Thanks for having me. Day-to-day -day basis, we're really just a managed platform. You know, we come out of the security industry. So for many years, 
been on the other end of, you know, what our customers experience in terms of, you know, tactical vehicles and armed guards and control rooms and really, you know, understood the challenges that we had in those days when, you know, you don't really have the skill set and the technology to, you know, enable you to give that holistic security solution. Our philosophy was always, you know, how do you marry technology to manpower and deliver a full holistic solution? And the challenges that we've got, firstly, was connectivity. So, you know, 10, 12 years ago, trying to stream video through ADSL, DigiNet lines, almost impossible. Yeah. Um, so we had to, you know, solve that problem. So we went on a journey and actually started building out our own fiber infrastructure so that we sure. can connect up our cameras. And then quite quickly learned that, you know, once there's this rollout of fiber that took place, how do we then, you know, overlay it with the camera network? And, you know, really just solving a variety of problems for our partners being that they don't know how to store, configure, they don't have the balance sheet in, in many cases, they don't have the software skills. And if we could wrap all that up for them into like a single as a service kind of fee, we can simplify their lives and enable them to give a solution onto their customers. And quite quickly, we're building, you know, this video management as a service solution for our customers. Awesome. Gavin, coming over to you, when does a customer come through to you? What do you do for Vumacam? And then when does a customer typically come to Vumacam? What kind of situation are they in? So, yeah, I'm the CEO for Vercam. My role is frequently to turn Ricky's dreams into technology reality. And, and when clients come to us, they usually come to the realization that a large-scale CCTV platform becomes a very difficult IT challenge. And they're looking to simplify that challenge to take away some of the complexity of managing a large estate of video, which is very bandwidth-hungry and very compute intensive when you start to get into the more advanced analytics. Yeah. And they're looking for a partner to help solve that problem. And they're looking for a single end-to-end service as opposed to procuring various discrete components and trying to string them together themselves. Okay. So people who are looking for not one throat to choke, that would be the wrong from a security perspective, one hand to shake when it comes to all things video surveillance. A technology partner in the video space, yeah. Awesome. So over the years, when I was in preparation for this, it was very easy for me to think cameras, security, door gates, kind of where we are from keeping intruders out and knowing who's on here. Sam, where has security evolved to because of technology? Where are we sitting at now? What is the attack surface we're looking at? And what do you think I don't know about from a security perspective involving video and people? Cool. Yeah, thanks. I mean, I think there's a number of really interesting changes in the way that uh, we need to consider security, the way that we need to handle the situations that are happening today. Of course, you know, the internet is a big side of what's, uh, what's causing a lot of activity around us. And there are a lot of ways that people are trying to break into different areas and different environments. So for us, I think being able to leverage new technologies to be able to detect these sort of threats very quickly, identify people very quickly, and really kind of help the on-the-ground security infrastructure 
to identify problems and uh, deal with them as quickly as possible. We manufacture cameras and we manufacture servers that can take all this video in and work out what's going on, right? So we're leveraging a lot of improvements in technology around analytics and neural networks um, that allow us to identify people in vehicles, work out you know, where they are in this video feed and what they're doing. And is that unusual? Is that behavior a bit different from what it should be? And then kind of help a security guard, alert a security guard. And that's probably yeah. quite an important message that I understand about, I think, technologies. Is, you know, Skynet is not here, right? There's no magic solution that's going to come and just solve all your security problems. But technology can help. Technology is an assister that okay. will um, drive us forward. Yeah. So we are looking at the realm of science fiction now, which I'm a huge fan of, where we're looking at a moving vehicle, having sensors around predicting behavior and seeing patterns that are out to give someone a notification of, hold on, that's out of the norm. You need to react and respond to that in such and such way. Is that in the realm of the possible now? Yeah, exactly right. I mean, think about it as if, you know, you've got your office, you're trying to protect your office, or maybe office is not a great example in COVID times. You've got your your retail estate, right, or your shop or something. Um, so you've got, you know, a set of cameras around. But obviously there are people normally, um, yeah. or people at certain times of day, or there are vehicles going in certain places. But if you see a vehicle in an unusual place, maybe it's going too fast, maybe it's going the wrong direction, maybe it's going down a different path, or you see a person at a different time of day, or they're in an area of the video that you, didn't, you wouldn't expect them to be. Maybe they're in the field next to the uh, sidewalk instead of the actual sidewalk. You know, We can start to detect these things and start to think, actually, you know, this is unusual, this is strange, should something be investigated here and looked into? Awesome. Ricky, I want to move over to you and ask you a question regarding that. Is South Africa architected to enable this? Are we ready from an infrastructure perspective to take Sam's dream of a command center that can look at data real time and make predictive joining the dots to inform people on the ground? I think absolutely. I think uh, when it comes from a security advancement, having a bigger private security force than you know the military and police put together gives you that indication of the private sector you know, really doing something about this. So I think there's definitely that sophistication. There's definitely, with the connectivity, as I said, you know, for me, the biggest thing is being able to stream video. And because we've had this massive rollout and largely due to our partners and guys who have, you know, put up their hands and rolled out these fiber networks, you know, you're able to centralize that video feed and then to plug on your analytics. So from a foundational perspective, is exactly what we're looking at is, you know, you need to get the fundamentals right. So if you can get a reliable feed from the camera to your environment, if you can have a strong video management solution that manages the video in, the video out, you have a lot of the controls around it. We think the layers of analytics that are coming is just happening faster and faster. So the guys that are sitting in the UK or Silicon Valley or Tel Aviv or any of these places are developing that next best AR and we're designing the solution that we can just go and take their, you know, cleverness that they've done and, and plug it into our environment. And when someone develops something cleverer, well, we'll then plug that in. So, you know, we, we don't want to try design the solution and think that we're cleverer than everyone else. We want to get the fundamentals and, and the platform correct so that we then almost, you know, future-proof it for what we don't know is, but is coming. So you don't want to take a customer down a dead end where they have to take out, rip and replace. Gavin, I think a lot of that probably sits on your shoulders. Are customers now 
too late to jump onto this modernization train from a security perspective? Do they have to now re-architect everything? How do you take a customer, sizable customers, through this blend of the ops center and the dev ops center and the security center into your world of modern AI from a security video perspective? First of all, we need to stop you know, thinking of South Africa as a potential technology wasteland and the fact that we're somehow lagging behind in tech and connectivity when frequently we're, we're not anymore. You know, whether it's, as Ricky mentioned, high-speed fiber connectivity across most of the country now, we've got you know, really world-class either private or hyperscale cloud platforms available to us so we can build out an assortment of hybrid cloud environments in this country. And we've got some amazing skills. Uh, the other thing I think we've really got is a very strong motivation to focus on the security benefits that video can bring in this country too. But to answer your question, what we try and do is provide a platform that the client can adopt no matter what their current estate is. So our lowest common denominator is, can we get good connectivity to you? If we can get some, you know, some fiber connectivity into your organization, we can pretty much take on, within reason, any existing estate. And we think we can deliver some better value around that from our scale perspective. And also we can deliver the services that we do so that the client can focus on delivering what they're really trying to, which is providing a more secure environment as opposed to worrying about the tech. So the simple answer to that is we'll take most comers. Yeah. Okay. And is that why people partner? Why don't they do that themselves? I mean, we've got Sam who's manufacturing cameras. Why don't I just buy five cameras and do my house? Why did they come to you, Gavin? You could buy five cameras and do your house, but larger organizations who've got, you know, 50, 500 cameras, that's a big house to look after and manage and maintain. So frequently we can get the infrastructure platform and the buying power of centralization that, you know, really large scale brings to bear. And we can pass some of that advantage onto our clients. And when you start to look at the technology that Sam's providing, having that intelligence as a combination of either right at the edge or at the data center and picking the right model means you can be very, very flexible in that space. So where it makes sense to put it in the center put it in the center where it makes sense to deploy it at the edge, deploy it at the edge. Okay. And we can, you know, we can mix and match the two. Well, you're talking about a lot of things that I know people want to hear about, but I want to ask, and I'm not sure if it's, it's Ricky or if it's Sam, where does your solution stop and public sector, public policing start? And how, what are you doing? Maybe we should go offshore for this one. Sam, where is that handover point and how are you enhancing the service that the police can give? And then Ricky, I'd love your South African take on that. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe the South African aspect is maybe more interesting than what I've got to say here. I mean, I think, you know, we provide a technology, a capability that's used by both the public and the private sector in different ways in different environments. So we have customers in the Nordics in Norway who are taking this in kind of public sector environments in cities and villages using public infrastructure to keep citizens secure. And then we have environments in commercial environments, retail environments who are using it locally as well. And I think, you know, that the technology can be used by both and they can be integrated between both in quite nice ways, I think. Awesome. Thank you. Ricky, is there anything different from your perspective on how we architect and do the handovers? Is there a handover? Do you enable that as part of what you are doing from a security perspective? I think we actually go much further than just a handover. You know, so probably one of the uniqueness around our company 
is that, you know, where we actually started is in the public space. So most of, you know, these silver poles with these gray domes are public space cameras looking at intersections and main roads and, you know, and a large component of the service that we deliver is automatic license plate recognition. So we'll, you know, we scan every single car and query it against, you know, the SAP's Unicode uh, and SAP's being the police's database, telling you that car's been involved in a crime, if it's wanted, if it's suspicious, whatever the case might be. And only then, once it comes back from that database, does it then flag in the relevant control room, who then follow their standard operating procedures and prevent the incident from taking place. So one of the big concepts around us is, you know, with 11,500 security companies in the country, everyone's trying to move up, you know, the, the value in terms of adding technology. But if everyone's trying to put technology in isolation and there's no central kind of, you know, structure to it, mm. you just basically, you know, just putting out more security in your little world without this collaborated effort. Mm. So because we one common platform and network, the same syndicate that goes into the one suburb as soon as they, you know, if they get past the security, that vehicle is inputted into the system. As soon as it goes out of that suburb, we could have up to a thousand other vehicles looking for that same and trying to intercept them. And when they go into the next suburb, they pulled over by that security and prevented from causing the incident because you've got this network effect. And so we've actually started in the public space. Now that we've, you know, learned how to get, you know, 3,000 individual poles connected on fiber and power and back into our data center, we're then expanding that into the private space being schools and warehouses and shopping yeah. centers yeah. And, yeah. and all of that. And then to go one step further, because we've collaborated with all the security and the major security players who are now ingesting into our database on a real-time life basis, we then said we've built a master platform that actually sits in the SAP's provincial war rooms yeah so our security companies escalate through our platform to our platform that we built for the police where the police are now monitoring escalated alerts from the security companies and then backing up the security space so we've effectively positioned ourselves as the platform glue between the public and private sector and then amongst the private sector itself and that's the role that we see you know we see ourselves playing in so effectively, what I'm hearing is that this connected intelligence is allowing more boots on the ground where they needed. So we don't just have random patrols. We could have reactionary squads that are threat detecting and threat prevention and apprehending people all in the same environment. Correct. And it's collaborated and intelligent. So we've now got a situation and maybe just to play a scenario for you, an incident happened in a suburb. It's escalated by that security company to, you know, the police's war room. So how it would work in another situation, they pick up the phone and phone 10 or one having to speak to an operator and trying to relay your message. We automatically relay the video feed from that platform, escalated into this police war room. We've now partnered with Business Against Crime out of the Eyes and Ears Initiative, which is mandated mm -hmm. and, and, mm -hmm. and contracted with the national SAP level. So all literature and, and regulations are complied to. And then they take that full situation awareness and they could allocate five other security vehicles to block off the other exiting routes yes. so that SAPs yes. can intercept. And now you've got the police, JMPD in Joburg, plus all the different security companies or now collaborating and making sure that they intercept that suspect. So, Gavin, what's stopping us 
from rolling this out on a big scale? Nothing in many instances, very little. Where we chose to focus on Johannesburg area initially, because okay. that's where we had footprint and partnership, but we're already deploying in the other major cities across South Africa at the moment. One of the things that has been stopping us, and I'm a techie, I can't help quoting a few facts and figures at you, but when our network at the moment is already ingesting about 120,000 hours of video a day and 10 million license plates a day, we can't do this or be effective without technology such as Ava's to filter that video out and only produce useful information to react to. It's kind of like the YouTube equivalent, right? Yeah. So the analogy of yeah. the, the, you can't watch all of YouTube you know, in a day, let alone a, of the video uploaded in a day, let alone a lifetime. And we're much the same. So really we ha- wow. have to take that video information and turn it into actionable intelligence. Yes. And traditional kind of analytics that used to happen in the camera these days just isn't good enough. Yes. To Ricky's point to the fact we started in the public space, that isn't a nice sterile environment where you may be watching a door open and close or somebody walk up to a reception desk. There are trees waving, there's traffic, there's weather, there's dogs running around, there's all sorts there's going on There's bullets flying, buddy. This well, is South Africa. There's bullets uh, flying. Hopefully with our tech, fewer bullets flying, yeah. you know, I, I would like to think. But without good AI analytics, this thing doesn't scale. Okay. So okay. we are, you know, interdependent in many of those ways. So I'm going to move offshore because they're always bigger than us. Sam, what's the biggest site that you guys have got? And what does automation and robotics and AI mean for Gavin and Ricky when they're architecting solutions for my town and my city and my country? Yeah. So, I mean, a number of different sites and customers come to mind here, right? I mean, as I said earlier, you know, there's cities, large towns that's deploying AVRA, and there's global organizations who are deploying AVRA across multiple regions. We push a lot of our products through the cloud. So we have this cloud connectivity between cameras and servers and both our cameras and third-party cameras as well. And so you can bring that all together on a global scale in a very nice way and allow both our kind of partners and our customers to manage some very large systems across maybe, you know, say, say multiple retail estates and different parts of the US or even across the world. So yeah, lots of, yeah, lots of very large scale there. Um, awesome. You, you're avoiding the topic. I'm looking for numbers like what Gavin had, but I'll, I'll take it for yeah. now because I got interrupted by a cat. Um, <laughs> Sam, what about GDPR? You're taking all of this data. We've on the eve of papaya coming in. How have you got around that from a security perspective where you're picking up me and you're saying I'm a threat? Yeah, so absolutely. So privacy is absolutely crucial to a good video surveillance system, right? Uh, there are a number of different aspects that we look at, right? There are kind of basics to have in place around the privacy of your system, right? Like ensure that, you know, only the operators that you want to have access to certain video feeds that have that access. So that sort of role-based access control to mean that the privileges are, are exactly correct. You've got to, of course, make sure that this video system is secure. So you want to have good cyber security around it as well. And then you've got kind of the next level stuff that, that analytics can give you. So we're investigating, looking at blurring out people's faces, for example. So we have some patent yeah. pending technology around that, that that we're moving towards. Things where you can, so you, so you want to blur out certain aspects of people's private information, like their facial details. But when something comes to court, you want to be able to unblur it as well so that you can obviously identify that person in certain circumstances. Not So there's some, some interesting technology there. And we're getting we there. Yeah, we're definitely getting there. That's yeah, amazing. And a lot of what we do as well is around 
similarity rather than precise recognition. So rather than having spatial recognition lists, which are like, okay, I want to find these five people, the technology there isn't actually that great. Accuracy isn't that great. What we can concentrate on is the ability to identify a person, a suspicious person, as I said earlier, in a suspicious area, and then follow that person from camera to camera. So using the facial information, but using other aspects of them to work out, okay, so this suspicious guy in a suspicious area, where has he been? Where did he get that bag from? Can I show me what where he's been and where I can follow him and see where he's going. So yeah, privacy is really important to always bear in mind with these new technologies and how we apply these things. I'm telling you, we're in the realm of sci-fi, guys. You guys are educating. Ricky, is this only for big players in our locale? Is this only for those 500 camera plus players? Or where does Vumicam, where do you operate? Who are your customers? So our customers, we're quite clear in terms of our channel. So we don't want to enter into agreements with end customers. We work through channels, the largest channel being the security service providers. So often our service providers are going on to their customers where they've already got guarding or armed response and now adding on a layer of technology. We've built it in such a way that you can have from one camera up to a thousand cameras. So it's really just depending on bandwidth requirements. So the larger you are, the bigger the path that needs to happen. We have built in instances where we've taken dark fiber across and, you know, we're not limited for the amount of data that we can take in from those sites. So being part of the CIVH group with Vumatel and Dark Fiber Africa, you know, being sister companies of ours, we, you know, do have large access to fiber, but we would use anyone's network, you know, if they don't have networks available to bring the customer's feeds back into our environment. Gavin, we were talking beforehand in our preparation and you were saying, listen, dude, it's not only security. We can look at operational effectiveness and you can look at ESCOM and the 10 power stations. How could cameras and effective AI with analytics have helped in a station where we had 10 power stations going down? What do you think if you played a scenario out? Why is video more important today than it was 10 years ago? Primarily because there's a scenario where only one human or one individual cannot be everywhere at once, okay. whereas video does allow them to be that, allows okay. them to be in many more places at the same time. And with the concept of advanced analytics over the top of that video, they only see information that's important to them and can then take more informed actions. Video doesn't prevent crime. Video doesn't keep your power on. Video doesn't stop, I don't know, your car getting stolen. What it does do is allows a human to take action far faster, far quicker, and try and prevent that. So all it does is surface that information in a far more credible, enriched manner to allow a human to take some intelligent decisions. Awesome. I love the succinct way that we can make it practical for everybody here. Guys, we are wrapping to the end of this session. I'm going to go around. I asked you to prep three questions Sam, as our overseas visitor, we're going to ask you to kick off. So I wanted to know, what are you most excited for from an AVA perspective in the next six months from a technological advancement? What is your focus for the next quarter from a drive in the business? And then what advice would you give to a potential prospect or an end user who might never use AVA or Vermicam? The technology improvements we're seeing in neural networks are astounding. And I think being able to see like behavioral analytics on people and see like when people are, you know, maybe they're staggering or they're fighting and things like that. There's some really exciting technological improvements, I think, there. I think overall focus for me and for Ava, I think, is to bring some of these capabilities to as many people as possible. 
Uh, we think we can see that video surveillance is everywhere. We can see that there are some unique user experience improvements that this sort of technology can bring, that can save operators time, can save lives, can make response times quicker, as Gavin was saying. So, yeah, and I think that's probably the overall message and the overall advice to give here, I think, is, you know, look at some of these new technologies, look at how they can help, you know, assist your security landscape. They're not going to solve everything. They're not going to mean that you don't need any security guards on the ground, but they're going to help you have better solutions and have better results. Awesome. Ricky? Yeah, I think you know, exciting for us is as we go down this journey with our partners, we're opening up a whole new world for them in terms of they've already got these control rooms and they've been looking at blind alarms. So for many, many years, you, you get an alarm that comes through and you send out a vehicle and you don't know what you're sending that vehicle to. We're now giving them this visual verification. We're giving you intelligence that you can understand to say, don't send an alarm if your cat, you know, set up your beam. Send out a, a car or send out 10 cars because you know that there's perpetrators and what's taking place and what you're up against. So giving our partners the insight into delivering a better solution to, to their customers. I think also as the space is moving at a rapid rate, it's really for partners and people to understand the total cost of ownership. You know, you can come and you can have this glossy, UI and platform, but what's behind it? So like how much GPU do you need? How much bandwidth do you need? You know, like, so you can say, I'm making a decision on a license fee, but you can't make a decision just because you're comparing one license fee to another. What's behind, you know, running that license? And what is that total cost that you need to understand? And then I think our big focus is that, you know, because we've built up this network effect and through, you know, the city of Johannesburg, we enable our partners to make probably five, six, seven arrests every single day through our platform, how can we then allow that to scale on a national basis and then, you know, take the RP that we've built because we're dealing with like high priorities and amounts of crime in South Africa to scale that internationally. And uh, yeah, that's what keeps us uh, really excited. Awesome. Gavin, as the resident techie on Shores, any summary from your side? I guess the first one is I'm looking excited about the rapid reduction we're seeing in compute storage costs and the fact that we can do more and more with it so we can layer on more intelligence, more learning, more advanced analytics. The focus we have, I think, at the moment in the short term is to try and articulate to the market that giving up your technology is not giving up control. The fact that somebody else takes on the tech and manages that tech for you doesn't mean you relinquish control of your estate or ownership or the direction that you follow in that estate. It just means you let the techies do the tech while you focus on your business. Excellent. Thank you. Well, that was a good summary from everyone. Gentlemen, thank you very much for giving us the time. I think all of our listeners in South Africa and the surrounding countries are security aware, but we're not aware of how good the solutions are behind it and what we can do and what we can. I think if I take one thing out of this, Ricky, you said it, Expect more from video and people working alongside one another. And as Ava's AI keeps maturing, I think it's going to get even better. From my side, Daniel Robus at the Tech Central podcast, I'd like to thank Ava Securities and Vumacam for today. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being such good guests. Have a wonderful afternoon.